I should not have said that. 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 <laughs> That's from every single Harry Potter book. You're a listener, listeners. Welcome to our, our episode about Hagrid. Hagrid the Drake Wizard Giant. <laughs> he be a good wizard giant. I'm kind of doing a weird pirate accent. <laughs> Arg me, mateys. <laughs> Dry up, Jersey, you great prune. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Pupcast, your Harry Potter happy place. This is episode 65 on November 22nd, 2022. I and I am Pirate Hagrid. <laughs> November 2nd, yes. I'm Mateys. <laughs> Hello! So this was supposed to be Hagrid and not a pirate, but maybe it's the pirate version of Hagrid. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Mugglecast has Southern Hagrid. We now have Pirate Hagrid. Pirate Hagrid is my new favorite, <laughs> Alright, so welcome everyone. This is Melanie and Hagrid. <laughs> and Hagrid. Arr. I, I don't think I can maintain that accent the entire time, so it's going to no. have to revert back to Juliana for now. But Pirate Hagrid probably is going to show his face a few more times now that he's been let into the room. But we'll we'll see yeah. what moments call for him as we move forward. So if you can't tell, this is going to be a special episode about Hagrid. And uh, yeah. that is, of course, due to the sad news of Robbie Coltrane passing. Yeah, And we thought it would be a nice tribute to give Hagrid a special episode. Yeah, just because Hagrid is such a integral part of the Wizarding World and an integral mm -hmm. part of how most people, I would say, get introduced to the Wizarding World and has a special place in all of our hearts. If Hagrid was a pirate, do you think he would have a Deary Call as his parrot? Oh yeah, definitely. He would have, or he would have an augury, honestly. I feel, or an augury. I feel like Hagrid is actually physically big enough to hold an augury on his shoulder. Yeah, he would look like parrot size, I'm yeah. sure. And it would be really, really, really threatening to everyone because the lore is that the augury signals death when it squawks. Yeah. So Hagrid would be walking around with this thing squawking. Really, it's just like telling you there's a thunderstorm coming. So he would know when the weather was changing. <laughs> People will think that they, he was foreseeing their death. And he's actually physically big enough to hold this thing on his shoulder. So I think it's an augury. <laughs> this is a great new visual of Hagrid. <laughs> yeah. So, but before we jump into our main discussion, Juliana will lead us into the news. Yeah. Do, 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 do. News. Ah. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the news. Today, I'm just going to say that the main piece of news here is that the Magic Caster Wands are now up and available for purchase. That is in the United States. That is in a few of the other European countries. I'm not sure if they are anywhere in Europe. They're in the UK. Okay, that's all, though. Yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm counting as Europe, so. <laughs> they're available in the UK and they're available in the United States. I'm not sure where else they are available, but right now they are available for pre-order. They said they will be coming out in December of 2022, so before Christmas, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we already talked about it, and the, the big news with this is that the wand that was exclusive got sold out already, because they apparently only had a thousand pieces for that, and these wands are very expensive to begin with, so it's a hefty price, and 
and it's just I don't know I feel like one of those things where it's kind of creating that divide between the fans who can afford things and the fans that can't and it's kind of a bummer but I'm just wondering why is it again only the US and the UK why is everyone else once again have to wait and also once it is being released in all the other countries as well is there another chance to get the heroic one that was limited yeah because that would be really unfair yeah I have a feeling that the answer is honestly probably no Mel they probably will come up with another special edition version so that way the people who already have the heroic are like oh I need another one too and they'll probably put up more pieces in that collection i would assume annoying yeah. yeah but do we have anything else in the news um there's nothing really else happening that was kind of the big news of the last week or so mm. but i think before we head over into the main discussion we actually got some really nice feedback from one of our listeners michelle yes hi julianne and melanie i have a follow-up question for your latest episode about the dark side of being a hufflepuff that was the episode we did with meg and eric oh so we can answer this right now mel yes do you think that if the three good marauders were Hufflepuffs, that they would have suspected Remus of being the spy? Or that Remus would have believed that Sirius was capable of betraying the Potters? I'm kind of ignoring Peter in this what if because I think Hufflepuff House could have set him on a different road entirely. Okay. Hmm. So I think Remus is a spy for Voldemort, I think, is what she's asking. I'm a little bit confused. I didn't quite understand that either. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what she's asking. When does anyone accuse him of being a spy? Yeah, I can't remember that. Maybe, Michelle, you want to write in and clarify for us exactly what you meant by Remus being a spy? Because <laughs> I think Mel and I are both kind of confused. Sorry, maybe we just forgot about some something yeah. in the story that doesn't come to mind right now. But at least we can take the second part of it. Would we believe that Sirius could be capable of betraying the Potters? I mean, you can look at that with any person, no matter what house. Of course, we are very loyal, very honest people in Hufflepuff in overall, mm -hmm. I would say. But of course, we could still betray someone yeah. <laughs> for the right reason. <laughs> Like we discussed with Eric and May. <laughs> you can call it that. Yeah. There's a dark side of Hufflepuff, so. Yeah. That that could definitely be it. But I, th I think Michelle needs to write into us and let us know exactly what she meant, because I'm kind of confused, <laughs> too. Would there be a smaller chance that someone would believe that Sirius would do anything like that, just because he's in the house or not, if he was a Hufflepuff? I think so. I think because that Hufflepuff house just has that reputation and also ability to kind of fly under the radar, it seems like. Mm. And people who actively are trying to forget that we exist for some weird reason. <laughs> <laughs> would he be even better at doing so if he would have the intention because no one would suspect him to because he's a puff? I want to say yes. Mm. I think he could get away with more, honestly. Maybe. Mm -hmm. And what about her saying ignoring peter because the house would have probably set him on a completely different road entirely yeah i mean i totally believe that i think that gryffindor kind of was like a toxic place for peter Pettigrew, just because it is so like power driven a lot of the time i feel like and i feel mm -hmm. as though if peter was kind of thrown out of his group of friends the marauders and they were in hufflepuff he probably would have found people who are just like nice people kind of hanging around who are not like super flashy or not like super going after power but people who are just like hey you can sit with us this is a nice time Mm. I think that he would have probably stayed on the good side. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, at its core, he, he would probably still be sort of the way he is, but he wouldn't go to the dark side. He would still mm-hmm. like follow around the ones that he thinks are the coolest, you know. He probably would still try to hang out with Cedric Diggory. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Puffs version of Cedric Diggory. Yeah, maybe he would have started to become a super fan of the Quidditch team or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would have liked him. They would have had him made banners for them and everything. And it would have been cute. <laughs> yeah. I think he would have done much, much better in Hufflepuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. There was more from Michelle in yes. the message. So Michelle also mentioned that she went to LeakyCon, which is really exciting. Yay. Uh, we are so jealous. Yeah. They had a wonderful time. She attended the Hufflepuff meetup where everyone was so sweet and welcoming. They played a bingo icebreaker game. We were very uncompetitive and mostly talked to different people until our entire bingo pages were filled. She wore her Hufflepuff (laughs) and Ravenclaw pin because she hasn't found a good Ravenpuff pin yet. And she wanted to share because our podcast helped her realize that she was partially a puff, which is really exciting. Aw, that's so nice. Yeah. And she also mentioned that this made me smile and you smile. I know the other day, Mel, that she got to meet Mm. David from the Tournament of Champions, our House Cup winner at the meetup. And she said he was so lovely and he had some great panels that he told us some of the ones that he puts on. So go listen to that episode with David. Yeah. And off the record, she asked him what his favorite podcast was to be interviewed by. And he instantly said Popcast, which is so exciting. Aww. That is so sweet. We love David. Yeah, we had such a nice time with him. And he's really, he has great stories and is just overall such a lovely human. So great to have him on and him having a good time with us too. It's just, yeah, yeah. you can tell he's a puff. (laughs) Yeah, we love David a lot, especially because he loves pizza too. So that was like a game changer for us. (laughs) He's our kind of person. Okay. Well, thank you, Michelle, for writing into us. And I think that pretty much wraps up our news and our feedback segment for this week. So, do 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 news. <sighs> Salutations. I'm Jenna Greenwood, the artist and magical creature relocation specialist behind the hidden folk, where I create art dolls inspired by fantasy creatures from movies, TV, video games, and my own imagination. If you always wanted a pygmy puff to sit on your shoulder just like Ginny Weasley, you've come to the right place. I craft a more immersive experience for my clients that are willing to play along by inviting them to leave the dreary everyday world and imagining, for a moment, they have stepped through the doorway of a strange little storefront where fantastical creatures are waiting to find their forever homes. You can find my adoption center at www.thehiddenfolk.com and you can find me on Instagram at at the Hidden Folk Studio for creature updates and silly shenanigans. I hope to see you soon. So we'll get into our main discussion then about Hagrid. So we have a giant tribute to Hagrid. Yay! We love Hagrid. We love Robbie Coltrane. We love his portrayal of Hagrid. So I guess just to start off, we just wanted to acknowledge the passing of Robbie Coltrane because it is a really sad event that happened within the fandom and just tell a a little bit about Robbie Coltrane himself because he kind of 
became Hagrid. He's one of those actors who kind of fused with the character in a way. <laughs> there are other characters. I, I mean, I would put Daniel Radcliffe in this category. <laughs> he just like is Harry Potter. Like Robbie Coltrane just like was Hagrid. Like they are one in the same. And so when we lost him, when the fandom lost him, we felt like we lost the character a lot of us too. Not in like a way yeah. that we can never get him back, but just like a, in a big sense of loss where... We not only lost the person as a person, but we lost the person as this character who has introduced us to the wizarding world. And it just kind of hits you double and it hurts. You know, it feels that way with every single one of them who has passed mm -hmm. because I think that our fandom is just so emotional. We really feel these stories and yeah, we are so emotional about the books and about the movies and every single person that is involved in those then someone passing is just hitting you every time. Then you have a very important character as Hagrid. Of course, that is even more mm -hmm. saddening when you hear that. We associate so many emotions and memories with these people who portray those characters. Everyone has been really, really sad in the last week or two. Yeah. You see Hagrid at the moment everywhere, which is lovely. Yeah. I will say one of the small moments that I had yesterday at the Ren Fair was that Sarah, my friend who was attending with me, we actually came across mm. someone who was cosplaying Hagrid and we I both saw. kind of cried a little bit, actually. <laughs> and this guy, this guy was so sweet and absolutely just we asked him if we could take a picture with him. We let him know how much his cosplay meant to us. We were both kind of crying still a little bit. And he clearly mm. was someone who like really loved Hagrid and he had like the umbrella and everything. It was very cute. And he actually gave us little Gringotts coins that he had 3D printed himself as like a little token which was Aww. super nice like that's obviously not robbie coltrane it's not like real quote-unquote haggard but it's someone who had the passion for the movies as much mm -hmm. as we did and we just we saw this guy and we just cried because it was just such an emotional response see this is what i meant when saying that we are just so immersed in these stories and anyone who is involved with it that is not just the characters in the books the movies and the, the actors it's everyone in the fandom as well and everyone mm -hmm. who is putting so much effort and love into a costume like that of course it's gonna immediately evoke an emotion in you that it's just a very unique fandom i think in that way yeah it's still nice yeah, it's a nice thing to be able to have that memory of this person and have that be like, we all have positive memories, I would say, of Hagrid and Robbie Holtrain in this fandom. Definitely. Just like know how much this person has contributed and really like love not only their contribution, but like them as a person, I think is a really awesome and meaningful thing. But okay, so let's give a brief overview on who Robbie Coltrane was so just so we can yes. immortalize him properly. So Robbie Coltrane, he portrayed Hagrid in the Harry Potter film. He died at age 72. He was a veteran Scottish actor and comedian who also won acclaims for playing the gambling addict and psychologist on the crime scene, Cracker, in the 1990s. Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. We have some quotes here from the New York City Times article that they put out, and they said, Fiercely protective of his privacy, Mr. Coltrane gave few interviews and could be hard-edged with reporters, but he said he had to cast that gruffness aside when he was embraced by a legion of young Harry Potter fans. He said, <laughs> Kids come up to you and then they go, Would you like to sign my book with those big doe eyes? He told The Guardian in 2012, and it's a serious responsibility. Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, said that Mr. Coltrane used to keep us laughing constantly as kids. I am especially Aww. fond memories of him keeping our spirits up in Prisoner of Azkaban, Mr. Radcliffe said at the statement. 
when we were all hiding from the torrential rain for hours in Hagrid's hut, and he was telling us stories and cracking jokes to keep the morale up. James Phelps, who played Fred Weasley in the series, wrote on Twitter that when he was 14 years old and nervous on his first day on the set, Mr. Coltrane came over and said, enjoy it. You'll be great. Aww. So that's just a nice little kind of summary and some memories from the cast members who also worked with him. It's very interesting to see that he was kind of like a stoic, don't bother me kind of person with the regular like adults. But like as soon as the kids got involved, he was like, nope, these are my people. <laughs> I have to make sure that they have a good time. I have to make sure that they're doing okay and check in with them. And he really realized how much he meant to kids and meant to yeah. us as Harry Potter fans. And I think that that's kind of the thing that makes him unique. And a lot of these other Harry Potter actors unique is that they fully realize how much their character means. I would take like Tom Felton to be a good example of this too mm -hmm. they fully embrace and just understand like this is a character who means a lot to a lot of people i portrayed them yeah. and for some people like i am that character and that's yeah. a big responsibility and i honor it and i feel like that's what robbie was able to do that's why it's going to be so so hard if there's ever really going to be a tv show made of this or a remake yeah. of the movies or something for a new cast to play these characters and to be accepted as that in the fandom that must really take a while before they dare to do that yeah it's so ingrained in our in our beings yeah <laughs> that these people are these characters and you can't imagine anyone at all to play these yeah it's kind of bananas. And that, I mean, just personally, that's part of the reason that I would like an animated series, too. It's not a one-for-one. One. It's not a tit-for-tat. So it's not like a direct replacement of Hagrid or these people. It's mm -hmm. an interpretation of who that person was portrayed as mm -hmm. by the screen actor kind of translated into a different medium and that's part of the reason juliana was wanting a star wars clone wars style harry potter tv show animated so i've never thought about that that would actually be really nice yeah well because then one you don't have to worry about aging and two you can yeah it's it's another translation it's another version it's not like oh they replaced robbie coltrane with this person Plus, they would probably find voice actors who sound exactly like the people from the movies because they're very good at that. You can add a whole different level of magic, how it visually looks like to it as well and make it very unique. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would be really nice. Oh, and now I'm excited for this. This is such a great idea. Oh, it's probably never going to happen. But <laughs> I definitely am excited too because I really like uh, anime TV shows the way to go too because then you're guaranteed like many, many seasons of this show and you yeah. don't have to worry about the way the people visually look. You just have to worry about how they sound and they could definitely find people who sound exactly like the people from the movies. Yeah, it would be a whole different... It'd be so cool. Yeah, I, I don't even know what, what word I should choose. It would be very different and I would love that. It would be great. Do you want to give us an overview as to who Hagrid is as a character, Mel? Yeah, you did some, some great notes here. So... Professor Rubius Hagrid, born on the 6th of December 1928, which, by the way, is Nikolaus Day and Finnish Independence Day. Oh, yes. <laughs> he was an English half-giant wizard, son of Mr. Hagrid and the giantess Frit Wolfer, and elder half-brother of the giant Grob. Hagrid stood at 11 feet 6 inches tall. You know, I don't think I knew his height. I don't know what that is in meters. 
We stood next to him at the Harry Potter photographic exhibition. Yes. So he's at least three meters or something, I think. Listeners, stay tuned because I'm going to the New York store on November 11th and they have those boots that you can stand in in front of him where you can wear his shoes, essentially, and stand in front of Hagrid. So I'll take a picture of myself wearing his boots. (laughs) Juliana is now an official form of measurement. Like, we measured the daisy in Juliana's. We can now measure other things in Juliana's. So I'll let you know exactly how many Juliana's tall a Hagrid is. (laughs) I'm 5'5", so approximately it's like one and a quarter. So 11 feet and 6 inches is roughly 3.5 meters. So that is quite tall. Yeah, that's like one and a half Julianas. I think that would be about two Julianas. Yeah, like maybe one and three quarters. Listeners, you let us know how tall Hagrid is in Julianas. (laughs) I could still reach his nose and pick it. Yes. You are kind of on your tiptoes, though. You're like, whoop. Yeah, you're yes. right, your arm like almost <laughs> all the way up. He's a tall dude. I could tickle his nose. That's, yeah. that's all that matters. <laughs> okay. So we have some background information about Hagrid too that goes a little bit further into his Hogwarts years, which we all know he attended the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in 1940, and he was in the Gryffindor house. In Hagrid's third year, he was framed by Tom Riddle for the crime of opening the Chamber of Secrets, using his pet Acromantula to attack several Muggle-born students and eventually killing one of them, though Hagrid's wand was snapped and he was expelled. He was trained as the gamekeeper of Hogwarts and allowed to live on the school grounds by the request of Albus Dumbledore and as we know his wand now currently lives in his umbrella yeah have we ever talked about that since his wand was snapped that Mm -hmm. Dumbledore probably fixed it with the elder wand right that is something Um, we just assume right I didn't think he fixed it I thought they just put it into the umbrella it was just kind of in pieces and then put it in the umbrella because if it's broken you can't use it anymore so I would assume that Dumbledore fixed it with the elder one because we know from Harry that he fixes his own wand first yeah Hermione had tried to fix it but she couldn't but then he fixes it with the elder wand and then he destroys the elder wand and gets rid of it and he uses just his own wand so I would assume that Dumbledore fixed Hagrid's wand yeah and that's why it works and then they just disguised it as the umbrella that makes more sense than what I thought that he just because I don't think this is ever explained by like any like official source mm-hmm. just use the umbrella kind of as like a casing to keep all the pieces together so they could do he could do some kind of magic yeah but that makes much more sense that Dumbledore would just fix Hagrid's wand using the elder wand and then they would hide it in the umbrella because if you think about it if you just put the wand like together and just put it in a casing of sorts you know that makes the umbrella it would still be broken and the core would still be broken probably i mean yeah. you must have fixed it somehow so that he can use it the way he does i mean we know that he's not super great at magic yeah because he didn't finish his education yeah okay but otherwise that dumbledore made sure he could stay there and had still a future which is one of the greatest things Mm -hmm. we have to say dumbledore did yeah In 1991, Hagrid was given the task of reintroducing Harry Potter to the wizarding world. In 1993, Hagrid would assume the post of Care of Magical Creatures professor after the retirement of Professor Sylvanius Kettleburn. As a member of both the original and the reinstated Order of the Phoenix, Hagrid fought in several battles of the First and the Second Wizarding Wars, including the Battle of Hogwarts in 1998. Mm-hmm. And we also know that it can be assumed that Hagrid kept in contact with the trio after the war. By 2017, he was still living, presumably still teaching, intending to his gamekeeping duties. We don't actually get any information about what's going on with Hagrid in the prologue that happens in the books. 
Mm-hmm. When Harry's son, Alvis Severus, starts school, he invites him over for tea, just as Hagrid has done for his father and his friends Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. So we don't really get anything else past that. I'm trying to remember if Cursed Child brings him up. I want to say the answer is no. Check in with me again in a couple of weeks, and I will let you know, listeners, because I will have seen <laughs> Cursed Child again. So now that we have given you a bit of an overview of who Hagrid's character was, we would like to talk a little bit about what Hagrid actually meant to us, and we included some of our friends and their thoughts. So Juliana, yeah, what did Hagrid mean to you? Well, I mean, I was trying to think of exactly like what Hagrid meant to me, and I went back and I watched some of the scenes that Hagrid is in as part of the movie to kind of just jog my memory, because I actually kind of came into the Harry Potter series as a combination of the second book and the first movie. I didn't read the first book for a while. Oh, yeah. Physically meeting Hagrid wasn't actually in the book. It was in the movie as Robbie Coltrane. And I think specifically also as someone who has gone to Diagon Alley and like done the whole like walking in experience that Harry also gets with Hagrid pretty much down in Universal. I think for me, it's just the fact that Hagrid is our introduction to the wizarding world. He's our golden ticket to realizing that Harry is a wizard. Mm. He's that tipping point in the first book. He's what gives us permission to believe in magic. And I think that that's really meaningful to me as a person, just because we see how desperate Harry is and how distraught he is about he's all these things are happening to him. He can't explain why they're happening. The Dursleys are really abusive towards him and he can't seem to find a way out. And then all of a sudden we get this big giant knocking down the door, putting a pigtail on the cousin that we hate. And we get that sense of like, (sighs) and like relief that we've all been craving those chapters. And then Hagrid is Mm. just, he's funny. He's witty. He's brutally honest. He's the guy that you want to show you around diagonally. He's he's the person (laughs) that is perfect for this job because he is Hagrid. Not because he's perfect as a human being, but because he is, Mm. he's authentically himself. Yeah. He's the first person that tells Harry that he's actually special. Yeah. He has never gotten any love and recognition from anyone for anything that he was good at or in any form ever gotten any nice comments or thoughts and then there comes Hagrid and tells him hey you are actually special you have great family that were great wizards and that were very brave you are not just a random person that you know should live in your cousin's old clothes and sleep on the filthy dirty floor (laughs) on your birthday yeah that I think everyone that has had a bit of a difficult past would wish that someone like that would have come around the corner and would have said that you know what but you are a witch or a wizard and you are going to go to school and you're going to have a special education and you are actually more than you are told. Well, I think the thing is for a lot of people, that is what they're getting out of it. it he he is mm-hmm. that person that yeah. we've, we've all been looking for because there is definitely a theme in the Harry Potter fandom where a lot of us as kids specifically too, or as young adults felt like an outsider. Like we feel like we're that yeah. person in our in our friend group, in our community, in our family. There's something kind of a little bit off about us, but we're not really sure. It doesn't quite match with the other people we're trying to hang out with or be around, but we can't really put our thumb on it quite there. And then we get Hagrid. And then all of a sudden our eyes are cleared and we're like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is like where I was meant to be. This is exactly what I've been looking for. And all of a sudden we go from someone who's just kind of lost to someone who has a place 
and a family to be a part of. And I think that for a lot of us, I know like when I was growing up and I read these books as a kid, still going forward now, gave me a community to be a part of. I found solace in the fact that Harry also felt that way. And I felt like a really deep connection of being like, yes, Harry, I too feel very alone. And then getting to like feel that emotional connection that he makes with Hagrid, that he makes with Hermione, that he makes with Ron. Also letting that connection going forward in my life, like with this, our podcast, Mel, and like all the other things that we do, leading to like other friendships and other things and just opening a whole new set of doors. And that starts with Mm -hmm. that one person who is Hagrid for affirming for you, like, there's not something wrong with you. You're just different. You're a wizard. And that's great. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I think that all you just said, that is definitely for most of us exactly that. In some different variations, for sure. Yeah. For me also, I have had the same thing that when I started reading these books, that I had the feeling like I am connecting so much with Harry in that moment. Feeling lonely, not having anyone around you that really cares about you enough and that shows you that you are someone that is important to them, you know? Mm-hmm. That you can do so much more than you think you are capable of. Yeah, Hagrid is definitely that person who does that for all of us. I also have to say that he's just so fiercely honest and loyal, and I mm-hmm. love that. And that is probably just my puff side because I just love this. <laughs> it just speaks to us because it's so important to us to to have that in our life. And Hergit is that definitely. Yeah, him just being there at all times for Harry, Hermione, and Ron, for anyone, basically. But we see that especially with those three and with Dumbledore, that he's so fiercely loyal. He's always there. And I wish I would have had support like that throughout growing up. And that they Mm -hmm. got that is so special. Yeah. Hagrid is kind of the first mother character we get out of the entire series, I would say, that we get we get Molly mm-hmm. Weasley a little bit later. He is just very, like, caring and I would say, like, motherly towards Harry in a way that's like, let me make sure yeah. you're okay. Let me make sure that you know what's going on and that all the things that you need taken care of are taken care of. And just showing that unabashed sense of, you need this, so I'm going to do it for you. And not mm-hmm. making them feel like you're a burden or anything like that. Just like, yeah. I'm going to care for you because it's what I want to do yeah. and this is what I should do and I feel good about doing it. So, yeah, which is something that Harry needs. Yeah, which we then can see also translated into other beings like all the magical creatures mm-hmm. that he's taking care of and mm-hmm. he's t- um the first example we get is of course the dragon. Yeah, Norberta. Norberta. <laughs> that yeah. he is being a mommy too and we have so many comments from from our friends also that quote exactly that as well as their mm-hmm. favorite moment and favorite quote of Hagrid and I also really love that that he has just this ginormous heart for everything that lives and it doesn't matter how weird this creature is and how dangerous this creature is he loves them all and i feel so connected to that because that's something that juliana always makes fun of me for that i love these creatures that look really strange saving all the little bugs yeah and people would think that Ugh, what is this and and i'm like oh my god it's so cute i love it i want to take care of it and <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what hagrid does <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you and him are definitely on the same page as that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just know that little frog that I sent you. I, I got it. I was like, this is yes. kind of an odd looking frog. And I was like, Mel would love this. So I sent you a picture. <laughs> You're like, aha, that frog is perfect. I was like, okay. Yeah, I love it. Glad I could find a home for him. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, he definitely is. He's so caring for all, all the creatures. And it's so nice mm-hmm. to see to see someone who just 
I guess my I always come back to a person is a person no matter how small, which is from the Dr. Seuss Horton Hears a Who. But that also applies yeah. to beasts and anything that's alive. Like a being is a being no matter how small. And Hagrid definitely is of that mindset of like, this might be a dangerous creature, but they also, they need a mommy and they need some help and they yeah. need to be cared for. So I'm going to help them out because that's what they need. In that way, he would be absolutely best friends with Newt. Yeah. They would be very good friends. Uh, definitely, I think, if Hagrid had maybe stayed at school, possibly they would have had a little bit more interaction, you think? I'm not sure exactly where the time frames overlap there. Newt would have maybe come back and taught some classes, possibly. I would assume through Dumbledore, Newt would be every now and then at school and maybe for some special presentations or something. Maybe he worked with the teacher that teaches magical creatures. Who knows? I mean, everyone knows Newt. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure that Hagrid is definitely aware of him and has read his books and all of that. So I could imagine that he would seek him out. Maybe even when Hagrid is young, he would probably write letters to, to Newt. Newt. I was going to say, I can see Hagrid fangirling over Newt. Yeah, or let someone else write those because he's bad at spelling, as we know. Yeah, I feel that. I think that Hagrid would be a fan of Newt. I definitely see Hagrid being like, oh my gosh, you're the beast guy. You're the beast man. You're yeah. in these books. I, I, I like to read them, but I like the pictures better. You draw such nice pictures and I got to see all the pictures of all these creatures. And I can see that Hagrid talking Newt's ear off. Yeah, he would probably have a ton of questions for Newt as well that he wants to have answered about all these creatures that he has found. So he mm -hmm. wants to know everything. Yeah, I think it'd be great. So do you have any other like favorite quotes or moments that come to mind when you think of Hagrid, Mel? When thinking about that, there's just so many of them. Mm -hmm. So, for example, that everything that he does to save Buckbeak, to take care of Grob, then he's having this huge friendship with Aragog and he make, keeps making sure that he is okay. And when Aragog in the end dies, he holds a funeral and he digs him mm -hmm. a grave. And I mean, I really personally don't like spiders. Yeah. <laughs> so that he does that is really... <laughs> It just shows how big his heart is and he loves this. It's his friend and the only right thing to do in that case is to have a grave for him. So these kinds of things and moments. We have the special moment where Hermione is really upset about Malfoy naming her bad things and mm -hmm. Hagrid is just cheering her up and telling her that there has never been a better and smarter witch than our Hermione. Mm -hmm. Just the effect that he has by saying these words to her is just so great. He's just a huge, giant ball of love and kindness, and I love that about him. So there's so many yeah. moments throughout the whole stories for me. What about you? I mean, I think for me, like, it's really nice to see someone who's kind of bringing Harry back down to Earth and helping him focus on the moment that he's in. Because I know for me, that's something that I'm challenged with, is like what I tell, like running the mile that you're in. And it's, yeah. it's really amazing what Hagrid has to say sometimes. He's such a calm overall. I mean, he gets fiery, but he just, he, he <laughs> brings like a presence of just like, everything's going to be okay when Hagrid's around. Like, and that's something that the trio feels a lot of the time too. And they've ex they express mm -hmm. in the book, they're like, oh, Hagrid's here. Everything's going to be fine. Every time there is a problem or something, the first thing they do, oh, we have to go to Hagrid. Hagrid. And then they run down to Hagrid's hut. Yeah. It's so nice to see that they trust him fully, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, they know that he is a bit of a 
blabbermouth. Yeah, he can't really keep secrets, so they are aware of that. And even when they see that his teaching is sometimes maybe a little bit questionable, Mm -hmm. but still they are very loyal to him as well, because they are loving him and trust him. But to what you have just said, we can include one of our friends here who made a comment, and that's from Kaylee, who says that I love how he tries to be helpful and give hints to the trio. I think of the follow the spiders in the Chamber of Secrets, and then the hints he gives Harry in the Goblet of Fire. Sometimes they are spot on, but sometimes they are well-meaning, but just lack. He's such an imperfect emotional character that is just such a love. So that speaks a little bit to what you have just said as well. Yeah, I think like when it comes to specific quotes that Hagrid has said, like I, I have two that pop into my head. The first one is the quote about just like letting things come to you where he says no good sitting and worrying about it what's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does mm-hmm. which is a really great quote to really use like anytime i would say mm-hmm. just because it's about like that might happen harry but we'll just deal with it when it gets here it's kind of like newt's quote worrying only means you suffer twice yeah and also proving to the fact that hufflepuffs are insightful human beings thank you very much we're smart we're insightful <laughs> we have the best quotes Haggard is definitely much more of a Griffin Puff than anything, so we will claim mm-hmm. him, at least his secondary house as ours. And then the other one I really like is, I am what I am and I'm not ashamed. Never be ashamed. My old dad used to say, there's some who hold it against you, but they're not worth bothering with. That is great. Yeah, just be yourself, because that's a lot of what mm-hmm. Hagrid teaches us, is that Hagrid is like unabashedly Hagrid. There's no other person he is. He's Hagrid. Yeah. He teaches us that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be a little bit of an oddball when it comes to certain things, and that's okay, and we accept you for who you are, and that's going to be just fine. So don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we did get some more input from our listeners. We do have a voice memo, Mel, that we got from our friend Castian. Oh, yeah. When I was 11 years old, uh, my family went on a summer road trip to McCall, Idaho, and I vividly remember my mom turning around in the front passenger seat with a new book in her hand, and that book was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So my mom read a few chapters, and I admit I wasn't hooked yet until Hagrid's chapter, The Keeper of the Keys. I loved hearing about Hagrid breaking down the door and delicately placing it back, showing his manners and all the chaos. I loved knowing he knew it was Harry's birthday and he had a cake for him, and I especially loved that he was a giant. I certainly loved Hagrid, introducing the fact that Harry was a wizard and was going to be off to school of magic known as Hogwarts. Uh, Knowing about Hagrid and everything he taught Harry before he went to school had me hooked. Hagrid brought Harry to safety when his parents were murdered. He also prepared Harry and looked after him while he was in school. Hagrid even took and carried Harry's body back to the school before defeating Voldemort. Throughout the books, I looked to Hagrid as someone who takes care, who's humble, who is genuine and kind, he was giving, and looked for the best in others. Um, In a lot of ways, he actually reminds me of my dad. With Robbie Coltrane passing, I know I'll have a deeper love for Hagrid in the books, uh, a greater appreciation for Hagrid in the films, and a fonder memory each time I ride Hagrid's ride at Universal. Like Harry said, there's no Hogwarts without you, Hagrid. This is definitely true for me now, looking back at being read this amazing story for the first time by my mom. Oh, that was so nice. That actually makes me cry. Wasn't that nice? That was so lovely. Thank you for that message. I mean, yeah. that was perfectly put. Yeah. I really like the part where he said Hagrid reminder of his dad and yeah. how it really enhanced the memories that he has now with that. And that was just such a nice, wonderful, wholesome, <laughs> lovely thing. <laughs> 
sometimes you read these stories and when you ask someone who's your favorite character, they have very quickly someone up their sleeve and they tell you it's Luna, it is... I don't know, Ron, mm -hmm. whatever. And sometimes you have these characters that you love, but you are not paying that close attention to them necessarily. But once you do break them down and you look at them, who they are at their core, it just opens up a whole new like appreciation for every single character. And just hearing what you have just said here in your message is just making mm -hmm. my heart grow even bigger for Hagrid. I love this so much. Yeah. And that this puts such a meaning to you and to your family, how you associate your dad to it and your mom. And that is so lovely. Yeah. I don't think anyone can still say anything better than that. So that <laughs> was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cassian gave us a really, really nice voice message. So, yeah. Yeah. Summarizing what Hagrid means to, to him, but also to a lot of the other readers and listeners out there who yeah. really have just internalized him as part of their experience with Harry Potter and it, yeah. in a positive and meaningful way. And as you said, that I had the thought as well that being the person who brings him in and carries him out to the end. It's just such a full circle moment. Yeah. It's just so perfect in the book. Yeah, I fully agree too. We did get another comment from our dear friend David of Crooked Wands. Mm -hmm. He said, I think Hagger was probably my favorite character to voice when I was reading these books to my son. He's outgrown me reading them to him early this year, but we made it through the whole series once and a few readings of the books one through four. Oh, I can just imagine how David <laughs> doing the voice. I mean, he has told us before that he has been reading these books in the voices, which I love so much that, yeah. that he's been doing that. And I'm sure his son will like have fond memories of that for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, David, I would love for you to give us a short recording of your impersonation of Hagrid. Yes, please. So that we can play it here and share it with everyone. I would love that so much. Make that our Christmas present. <laughs> I think he has to do the first scene where Hagrid walks into the hut on the rock and I would like David to do all the voices in that scene please so that way we can get a good repertoire of David yelling dry up Jersey old prune yes please send that into us that'd be so good I think that'd be great what a perfect gift yeah okay I think the other ones we pretty much talked about already yeah, we still had Michelle that was just mm -hmm. uh, saying the same thing that we have talked about earlier already, that she loves how comfortable Hagrid is with his maternal side. We agree on that. That is just perfectly played by Robbie also, she says. And then we had Jenna who says, no good sitting worrying about it. What's coming will come. Just what Juliana has said as well. So we all share kind of the same quotes and moments mm -hmm. overall, I would say. We have gotten yeah. some more we have, you're a wizard, Harry. From Snivelis once, we have, oh, look, he recognizes his mommy. So yeah, we have all these same kind of quotes. We have one different one from Jeff, though, which is always making me laugh, which is, Mad and Harry, you wouldn't be talking about me now, would you? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good line. Our friend the Potter Kid is also loving any moments with the beasts, which we have in common very much. Mm -hmm. And Eric from Wood Thrush once says, seriously misunderstood creatures. That says so much about Hagrid. Yeah. I think like the main thing to take away from this is that Hagrid is a very emotional person like within the books and a very emotionally attached person for us as readers and viewers of these movies and books. And... He meant a lot to us. 
He was the introduction for pretty much all of us to the wizarding world and that ticket to realize that we weren't alone. And I mean, I personally, I think you too, Mel, would like to just put out a thank you to Robbie Coltrane for portraying him so wonderfully in the movies and really embodying that spirit that we learned to love throughout the books in a way that just made it even harder for us to say goodbye to him this past couple of weeks. Yeah, he definitely brought this character perfectly to life for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys out there. I'm sure you agree, but he just really is Hagrid. Yeah, he's exactly mm-hmm. the way how I imagined him when I was reading the books. The voice, the way he expresses him, mm-hmm. the way he looked—it's just perfect. The perfect match. Yeah. Okay. Any other closing thoughts before we wrap up this discussion, Mel? I think we should all channel our inner Hagrid a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Be ourselves. Don't be afraid of it. Just go for it and be kind, like the giant heart that Hagrid had. You're yourself, listeners. Arg. (laughs) Pirate Hagrid here. (laughs) Arg. All right, I think that wraps up our main discussion for today. And we will jump into our game of the week. Yes, which I thought appropriately a good idea to play this week, Mel, would be Hagrid's Hut because Hagrid's Hut, yeah, of course, because this is an episode all about Hagrid. So blimey, we have to figure out what's hiding in Hagrid's Hut this week. All right, so I have, as usual, my book at hand, Mm -hmm. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and Juliana will tell me to stop. Stop. Okay, so. Our beast today that Hagrid is hiding in his hut has an MOM classification of three axes, which means a competent wizard should cope. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> was originally bred in Britain, though it is now exported worldwide. A small cat-like creature with flecked speckled or spotted fur, outsized ears and a tail like a lion's, the <laughs> is intelligent, independent, and occasionally aggressive. Though, if it takes a liking to a witch or wizard, it makes an excellent pet. The <laughs> has an uncanny ability to detect unsavory or suspicious characters and can be relied upon to guide its owner safely home if they are lost. Licenses are required for ownership, as like with crops and fruiters. Is it a measle? It is a measle. Aha! I, I knew, <laughs> as soon as you said cat, I was like, okay, what does Mrs. Fig own? I know she owns the, whatever this creature is. Like, I know this is what yeah. she has. I was like, okay, it's a, I think it's an easel. My second guess was going to be the cat that's in Fantastic Beasts 2 that is in the Ministry of Magic in Paris, but I couldn't remember the name of that. Oh, that's Matago. That's yeah. a different kind, though. Yeah. yeah. Those are the only two cats I could think of that we've seen. Yeah. Newt and Tina also own measles. Oh, yes. So we have heard of them in multiple spots before. Yeah. Ah. In fact, they are called Hoppy, Millie, and Mauler. Oh, okay. Good. Well done. Yay. I got that one. I don't usually get them, so that's good. Yay. Okay, you can listen to us on all platforms where pods are found. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffCastPod. You can also find us over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PuffCast. And you can send us an email to PuffCastPod at gmail.com. 
You can support us over on Patreon for as little as $2 a month and get exclusive benefits like bloopers, which Mel just put up a new set recently. You can access our Discord group, get stickers, and so much more. And you can also help us donate to charity each month because $1 of everyone's Patreon donation goes to a charity every month, along with whatever 25% of our friend David of Crooked Wands makes off of his shop. So we are more than happy to donate to some fabulous charities. And if you'd like to do us a solid, we would love if you would rate and review us over on iTunes or Spotify. And if you do leave us a rating and review, we will read it here on the show. And I will send you a sticker and whatever the heck else is in my apartment at that given time that is up for grabs. So until next time, stay puffy. And get to safety because you never know what shows up in Juliana's apartment that is up for grabs. <laughs> I just get like random <laughs> items here and there. <laughs> no one has been like leaving us any written reviews for a long while and that might be because yeah. Juliana keeps threatening people <laughs> to send whatever is in her house. <laughs> I will say I have not sent out anything like mean or destructive yet. Mostly like candy and postcards. Arrgh! Now walk the gangplank, me mateys.